Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake, brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, here's 93.7 The Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake, sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Morning, happy Wednesday to you, Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen. Early, early break, full show ahead. Sean Callahan next segment. The mailbag at six forty-five. Also, some news from Bruce Feldman on what he believes is the top three list as of right now for Nebraska's candidates for the head coaching job. How goes it over there? It's going good. Oh, can I, can I tell you a sad <laughs> thing about last night? I wish you would. Well, I guess I wish you would. I don't know why you want to start off with sadness. Well, it's but. it's sad. To me, it's it's good for f- sports fans, though. Last night, you know, there's no foot, no college football, no NFL. No. Tuesdays are pretty dead. I'm not watching baseball. The Royals suck. I'm out of baseball. Congrats, by the way, to Aaron Judge, home run number 60, though, Jeez. for the Yankees. However, he pumped number 60 with no football on, and I don't care about baseball. What do I what do I watch on a Tuesday night? Oklahoma, Nebraska. No, I, I, I watched highlights of the NFL games from Sunday and Monday. I watched. I made my wife watch the entire Dolphins highlights. There's a 15 minute montage in NFL.com. Yeah. So I made her watch that. Why is that sad? It's pretty pathetic. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's on for a reason. No, it wasn't on. Pathetic people like you. I went to YouTube to watch this. I intentionally sought it out myself. It wasn't like I didn't stumble upon it. Oh. I sought it out. Is the problem. Oh yeah, that's. This is me going to YouTube, playing Dolphins, Ravens highlights, and then Lions. Commander's highlights. Yeah, that's odd. That's why how I spent at least an hour last night. I still think you're okay on Thank that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. At least, at least yeah. I'm watching sports, right? Yeah. Because I'm watching some weird watching show. Watching your team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched So some... you're okay with that? Oh, yeah, totally. I watched Nebraska-Oklahoma again. Why would you do that to yourself? Because uh, I miss stuff during the game sometimes. I, I was kind of – they were still in it at 28-7 to in the second quarter when they didn't get that first down. Um, they could have made it twenty-eight to fourteen when they didn't. Remember when uh, Anthony Grant yeah. fell short of that first down on, on Oklahoma territory? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what was that yard line? Is it inside the twenty or inside the thirty? No, it was inside the. I'd say inside the 
40. Okay. And it's fourth and one or fourth and two? Um, it was a fourth and one. Fourth and one. Yep. And yeah, in his, you know, surprisingly, he didn't get it. He went, he, it looked like he slipped or, or lost his footing and fell well short of it. It wasn't close. Um, but you know, it's 28 to seven. And if they can get in there, maybe the tenor of the game changes. This gets us right into Mickey, by the way. Mickey Joseph appeared before the media core on um, yesterday. Yes, he did. And he, and he, a big part of it was him second guessing himself. On he thought he he said I should have slowed the game down, should have slowed the tempo on offense. What was our discussion before the game? Do you, do you recall the early break discussion before the Oklahoma game? Please, don't, please, you don't me. have to speed through things. Offense, Oklahoma can score easily. Mm-hmm. So don't give them the ball so quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, again, it's easier said than done to have long drives. you got to get the first down still. Oklahoma's defense was all over the field after that first possession by Nebraska and causing problems. So it's, there's no guarantee you get these first downs. Right. But the concept of, of huddling and, and snapping the ball with five seconds to go on, on the play clock. Nebraska doesn't really huddle. I know, um, <laughs> but but guess what? But he, Mickey said had, that he yeah. did, he say, did that. say that. Yeah, he said I. Sh- this is what he said. I should have slowed the ball down and huddled, like you said, and took some possession away from Oklahoma. Um, again, we're talking about Nebraska's forty-nine to fourteen loss. I didn't do that, and that's on me. Uh, God, he was. Gosh, he was very. <laughs> Oh, he was very frank about this. Um, he said it was too late when I thought about it. It was thirty-five to seven. Um, I should have made that decision on Thursday. That's why I said it's on me. This is Mickey talking. I made that mistake, and I can own it. Um, Again, Eric, Chinan- Eric Chinander would agree with you. I'm yeah, sure. Um, I'm sure Eric Chinander would agree with that sentiment. Too late. Um, now I asked Mickey, I asked him, is this, do you just chalk this up to being an inexperienced head coach? He said, if that's what you want to say, probably so. That's what my mom said. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure that discussion, I mean, I, I, I imagine it sounds like the Josephs have some pretty frank discussions. Well, he is inexperienced though, right? He is. He's an inexperienced first time as a head coach, right? No, it's not. Well, as, he, was at, it, he, was at, he was at Langston University okay, well, in 2011 and 2012. Division went, one. Yeah, he went 13 and seven. Um, it's that's. It, I guess you. I guess you chalk that up to inexperience. Well, to defend Mickey, even though we said that on the show during the week, he had about eight million things going through his head, going from receivers that's coach right. to head coach. Right, that's part of being a head coach. And, you and have eight million. And your first you. game was against Oklahoma, which is no pancake. I you appreciate know. you showing him. Some it's grace. a very tough game. Now we can say that on our show because we, we we have no part of coaching the game. That's just my. That was what I thought would be a good idea. You thought that going in. I said, yeah. I mean, Nebraska's got to find a way to extend these possessions and not have them go a minute fifteen and punt or or turnover or three and out. You know, like you said, twelve straight empty possessions. Even if you don't score on 12 straight empty possessions, can you at least take a few minutes off the clock, three, four, five minutes off the clock, and and punted or whatever? 
That didn't happen. They were so, we, we went through it on Monday. The, the, the time of the empty possessions was, was not good. The yardage was bad on it. Nebraska just did nothing uh, after that first drive that was they a had, great touchdown play. They had possessions in the first half where they punted. These possessions lasted 128, 1 minute 28 seconds, 308, 114, 118, and 204. Uh, so that yeah, they were they were getting off the field too fast. I think it got pretty heated on the sideline. Actually, I've heard that um, that, that there were people who wanted them to slow it down. Um, so yeah, now but Mickey's very frank about very frank about it, and I do I do think you should extend him some grace along those lines. I am. I did. I know you did. Calm down. Um, the, um, <laughs> yeah. Making sure you're aware. That yeah, I, I got grace for Mickey. Yeah, there. By the way, I don't. Did you did you listen to the press conference by any I, chance? I listened to the last half of it. That there was a there's a sentiment among some people that a laughable sentiment that the media corps was more pointed with its questions for Mickey than it was for Frost. How do you feel about that? Accusation? I never even. It never crossed my mind during the press conference that we were being that, that that was the tenor of the press conference or the questions were more pointed. I didn't think it for one second. I don't know. I think the toxicity level is such that uh, I, in the fan base right now, I don't even know what to say sometimes. I, I'd be concerned about that if I were Trev Alberts. Um, the, the level of toxicity and anxiety right now, I don't even know where the hell that stuff comes from. Did you think that? That the questions were more pointed yesterday? Yeah, than they were for Frost? I I don't. Did it even occur to you? That didn't come to my, my head. No, I mean, because it's fantasy. I think there was a interesting, you know. I don't I, know if it's fantasy or, del, it's, the level of delusion is freaky to me sometimes. Like, well, I, I think one of the, the, the parts of the press conference people were, are pointing to is when, when Sam asked about comments made by Miles, Miles Farmer and, right. and Mickey said, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that was Mickey being more pointed right. towards he was, Sam. He was being pointed. Yeah. yeah. Boy, the whole thing's toxic right now. Yeah. Well, I didn't think that was toxic. I just think Joseph Mickey didn't know what what Miles Farmer had talked about. Um, I, and I think he was just asking Sam. And then that's a tough situation to put right. Sam in because he, he has, has to, to then recount something that was. What, what well, Miles yeah, he said. has to recount something that Miles Farmer said on Saturday, and it was actually quite a bit that he said. So, what do you pick out? Yeah, you know, I guess the 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 I, I, the takeaway or the lesson there is don't assume that the head coach knows everything that the players say, um, which I wouldn't expect him to necessarily. He said that I don't listen to all that stuff. Right, like he said I don't, I don't listen to everything that's said. Right, I don't do that. Right. So, but again, that's that's the kind of that's an example of what fans will say is just getting that everything is a little bit toxic right now. Everybody's yeah. everybody's you think- on edge, as expected. When you have a you know everything's falling apart. Yeah, you're right. You you should be on this fan base should be on edge. Easy, Jake. Why would you? I mean, come on. Why would I not say that? Well, your head coach is gone because you're just f- fueling it. I'm not you're fueling, fostering. That. I'm just saying it's reality. How is it not reality that when you've lost your You're head coach? you telling people that they Portland, should be on edge. That's very comforting. Well, I'm, <laughs> come on. What am I supposed to say? Everything's fine? Everything's going to be good? Well, it could be. New it could start. Be. And, and, and you have a new start right now. That's why the next eight games are very compelling for Nebraska. Can, can Mickey and Bill, Bill, Bill 
Can they find something with this team? I was just struck by the by you yelling into your microphone that everybody should be on edge. I just say I don't know why that's a crazy thought. It's not. We've been on edge for five years, six years now, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's a fan base that just, I mean. No, you're right. Like you said, the bar. I just don't know if you should yell it in. The this. expectation bar has lowered and lowered and lowered, and now we just want to get back to a bowl game. So, yeah, the picture. The so, picture, yeah, we're on edge. The, the, it's an interesting picture that all of a sudden, you know, it's, it, it, it did strike me yesterday that it was 103 degrees. It was terrible outside. It was, it's still in that part of the schedule where it's, where it's hotter than hell. And you have Mickey Joseph as the head coach and Bill Bush as the defensive coordinator <laughs> and some guy named Joey Connors coaching the special teams I've never heard of. You wonder why people are on edge right, right now. Yeah. Sim. Yeah. I mean, no, you're right. That's I, a good again, point. I, it, it, it might be unappealing. I don't care. This the, whole situation is unappealing They've right blown out the head coach and the defensive right. coordinator. How is, that, how is that appealing to anybody? Well, it could be seen as appealing that you have. Well, if you want those guys gone, then sure. But it doesn't mean the season's going well. No. No, it means the season's going very poorly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not telling you guys that, that, to go freak out and, and act like a bunch of crazy, you know, idiots out it there. It sounded a bit like that. <laughs> I'm just pointing to the fact that I, I understand it. I uh-huh. get it. Why people are are barking at each other? Oh, because there's a lot of that. Everybody is on edge, and there's nothing that make can make you agree on anything. Not really. Like a even, win. Think a about win this. Would help. Even even if Mickey. And this staff were to okay. I'm just this is hypothetical. I don't expect this hypothetical. If they somehow mm-hmm. went six and two in these eight games, not going to happen in my opinion. But somehow, yeah. even in that, it, you'd have a lot of people think oh, it would, say, it would "Hey, get nasty. Mickey is the guy. No, Hire Mickey." Nasty. And someone would say, "Still, nope. He nope. doesn't have experience. Right. That was just a, uh, he got lucky that that run." And you're not going to have. No, Unity. It'd get, it'd get nasty. Even in that situation where no. they finish the season strong. I don't mind you raising that hypothetical. Right? No, that's a good that's hypothetical. That's a fair hypothetical. It is, and it'd, be, and, it'd, and it'd get really nasty. You're right. Um, Yeah, we're in a – I always say that we're in a fix. I don't – now, it, you know, it could be solved by the right coach coming in. Now, that's so lots on Trev's back. I was thinking about that this morning again. We can play this game. We we can play this little game on the radio where we shoot out our favorites for the job. <laughs> um, we don't have to go talk to them and hope that they were are receptive. Um, and it's not on our, you know, it's on our job to get this right. We can play this little game, do this little dance that we do, um, which we'll keep doing. But it's not on us. You know, all we all we do is yell. I mean, we right. well, we just can yell into the microphones that he got it right or he didn't get it right or we're not sure and the toxicity level is going to remain high and et cetera. Um, but Trev, Trev now is on the clock. Yeah. And right now the pressure doesn't on Trev, Trev doesn't feel all that significant because the clock it's a long clock. This is going until late November or maybe early December. And so it's not – the urgency is not really attached to the conversation right now. It's still sort of a fun conversation because we have all these possibilities. You know, we're – but at some point you got to – you're in the store and you got to make a pick. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Your, your wife is saying, all right, we got to get going. And this it's isn't fun hypothetical being, forever. No. It's for two months more. Right. 
Right. This is sort of fun fantasizing about Urban Meyer and bark and bickering about Urban Meyer and then saying, okay, then who's number two? Oh, wouldn't it be fun to have Lance Leipold? Um, but, but, but this is just fun time for us. It's not fun time for Trev. I mean, you have to understand that there's some targets that may not want any part of this. Right. That's, that's a huge part of this. Right. And you don't know who the, and you don't know who the right guy is. You can formulate in your little brain who you think the right guy is, but you have no stake in it. I'm not hiring the coach. Right. I'm here to I do the same thing as my, in my little or brain. applaud the right. program just to talk about it. Right. But this is – and Trev happened to take over at a time when, yeah, we people are on edge. Now, people have always – you know, after Frank, it was on edge. It was on edge. Okay, but not, you know, there hadn't been sustained losing when that happened. No, you had one seven and seven season before right. that, right? Which was shocking after making the the championship the previous year. Oh, by the way, uh huh. But wasn't sustained losing. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Call or text as always. Uh, Mickey Joseph, why did he get rid of chins? Um, he explained that. I don't know if you have Is that the sound. opening statement. Um, it's, I think it's, hold on, hold on. Got it written it's down. It's right after the opening statement. Uh, no, it's not the opening statement. It's, it's, it's not, I'll just read what he said. How about that? Please do. Um, he, he said that the decision was, was not just the direct result of the performance against Oklahoma. Um, but, but, but a reflection of his disappointment in the defense over the last four games. He says, Chins is a good man and a good coach, but the numbers didn't add up. This is Mickey Joseph talking. I didn't see us getting better. For four weeks, I didn't see us getting better from week one to week four. So I had to make the best decision for the kids because it's about the boys. I mean, you can't argue with him on that. They didn't get better. No, they didn't get better at all. I mean, Georgia Southern happened. And, yeah, 642 yards right. of offense, 45 points. Yeah, and Oklahoma really Oklahoma happened. could have put 700 yards on you. Oklahoma, watching that game again, they're pretty good. That guy, you know, Dylan Gabriel missed some passes that would have yes, put that game away earlier. He did. Yeah, he did. He missed some passes to some guys that were open. And it was over at halftime. It was still over could, at halftime. For a game, it could have been over right. earlier. Could have been a lot worse. Yep. Gabriel's a good quarterback. I We, we were right on Gabriel. He's good, not great. He's good. I think I saw he at, at against early, but he's like top five right now in the Heisman. Jeez, that's I don't. Which know. I don't think he'll be there in the year. I, mean, I think he, he's fine. Again, he's a good. I, no. He's not a. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's good. Not, he's, a, he's not the best player in the country. But he's not like what you have with Riley Lincoln Riley with <coughs> Mayfield Murray back to back, right? No, he's not like that. Those guys are difference makers, Heisman winners. Yeah, he's good. He's definitely good. I'm not. I don't want to act like I'm, I'm disparaging him. He's good, but man, he missed throws. Um, and he's a little limited, you know, um, he's a little limited. He's not like Murray's lightning fast. Dylan Gabriel's not, no. he's not six, four, he's five eleven. Um, I think you see that show up a little bit sometimes. Yeah, And the fact, like you said, he's that he's not 
as fast or nearly as fast as Kyler Murray's. Why, you, when you watch that touchdown run, you're just mortified. Say, what the hell are you oh, doing? Well, I there? wonder after watching it again. I wonder if Mickey looked at that and said, "Well, he, we're not getting enough out, out of the defense. They're not." That, that, that was an effort. That was a horrible. I mean, yeah, you it was, had, that was you an had, effort you had issue. Like five guys that could have made a tackle. Right. That was an effort issue. It was horrible. Effort. That's on tape. I mean, that's that's it's a third down too. Yeah, third and get seven. Off, get off the field. Third and seven. Yeah. Um, um, from, from the text line, real quick. Can I read this real quick? Of course. Someone says, this is uh, Dexter, unnamed. Lots of yelling this morning. Take a deep breath. It's Wednesday of the freaking bye week, guys. Mm. No deep breaths right now. There's a coaching search going on. Nebraska's yeah. one and three. Let's see what else. Oh, A.J. Allen out. A.J. Allen out with a season-ending collarbone injury. Um, A.J. Allen, boy, again, watching that game last night. Uh, is there any? Do you have thoughts in your head that I wonder if AJ Allen is now on even terms with Anthony Grant? I mean, I don't. It's. Cl- I'll tell you what. I thought AJ Allen looked better on Saturday than Anthony did. They're good. They're both really good. Man, they got two good running backs now. And now AJ Allen's out for the year, which is really hurts because he's fun to watch run the ball. Anthony is, too. I like Anthony Grant. So, the question is, you know, Gabe Irvin came in that game for Nebraska and had a couple. A couple well, I mean, he ran seven times for 60 yards. He looked great. He did look great. And again, that was when the, the game was out of hand also. Mm-hmm. Didn't necessarily have your starters in for Oklahoma, Boy, possibly. They got, they're, they're, he did look good, though. They're what I thought at running back. I mean, I thought – remember, I thought no, – I'm not patting myself on the back, but I thought they were good. Remember that? I thought that was their best position, and it is. Those guys are good. It's, that stinks. Smells. AJ, sorry, the AJ Allen's out. I mean, well, and stinks. he heard it, it in the fourth stinks. quarter with the game over. And I'm not second guessing personnel decisions. I don't want to do that. I, I, it crossed my mind last night as I as it dawned on me that the game was well out of reach in the fourth quarter when he hurt his shoulder. I, is that anything to raise even? No. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, it, I, yeah, I just say it this, crossed my mind. I, don't, I have no problem when you're when you're down. If you want your guys to get more experience, right, playing right. time. He's a good freshman. Point. He's still yeah. a freshman. Yeah. yeah, good point. Still early in his. All right. All right. So I have no we problem can, with that. It's un, right. it's unfortunate what happened, but you're trying to set a precedent of we finish football games here, right? We finish. We don't just let this get out of hand. We right. finish the game. Yeah, it'd be unfair second guessing. Uh, Brian Buschini. <laughs> How about Mickey? Mickey calling out his punter a little bit yesterday. Buschini. Suffered a sprained ankle making a tackle on a punt oh, return. Like yeah. yeah, he said, Mickey said, Brian's fine. He had a sprained ankle, but he's going to be good. Can't punt the ball in the middle of the field, <laughs> so you better make that tackle. There you go, Mickey. Yeah. Accountability, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Joey Connors, uh, we're skipping around a little bit. Joey Connors takes over special teams coach. Joey Connors is a graduate of UCF in 2017. He's a youngin', um, but he worked. This is what you have to understand. He worked two years alongside Bush. I mean, he was Bush's lieutenant, so to speak. He was a GA last year, graduate assistant, that worked on field, worked on field with the specialists. So he's a young guy, but he, he – this is – this is come on. I mean, at this point, everything's installed on special teams. They have to tweak, they have to tweak it game by game. Yep, yep. Depending on what the team, the other team does, but it's special teams. You don't, you don't have to usually make radical changes. So Bill has everything installed. He'll still be somewhat a part of it, but he won't be able to be a big part of it. Connors is just going to have to step up. 
and then you know the other assistant coaches that have coached special teams specific areas you know they'll probably have to be a little bit more mindful Barrett Rude uh, Brian Applewhite Fisher those type of guys I think you keep a close eye on how that unit looks the rest of the season okay special teams that's I, fair I <laughs> they, they deserve to have a close eye on them for how it's been the, the past several years and Mickey did say that on offense they will slow it down and that and that Mark Whipple is amenable to that well, to that. Good. Now Whipple's always been a tempo guy. That's the interesting thing. Whipple's always been a tempo guy. Um, so we'll see that. We'll actually we'll see, see see what that looks like too. We'll see if it actually if they do that. <clears throat> they say it. Will they do it? Right. That's what I'm saying. Whipple's always been a tempo guy. Everything's great. Let's get a call from Jason on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline four six four five six eight five. Jason, you're on early break. Go ahead. Hey, morning, fellas. Um, I'm not going to be yelling because I yelled all weekend, and I'm still trying to get my voice back from the game. Okay, uh, Jason. Um, I, I am, though. Like I said, we, we've gone through so much stuff over the last 20 years. Like, it's only been a week, but I am getting nervous about the coach thing. I know they say we got a long runway, but, you know, I don't want to be in a Peter situ- Peterson situation where we're scrambling because our first pick didn't get, you know, our first pick got picked by another team. You know, and eventually, like I said, these coaches are going to start getting fired. And it's like, you know, Trev's doing his, you know, his research, but it's like, I know they're saying we're waiting until this November, December date, but I, if you got your man, I mean, traditionally, an AD, when he does a firing, he's got a man. He, I mean, it's, and that's, that's who they're going after. And, you know, you hate to, you hate to go the route of, hey, let them go with him. And if you got your man, go get him. And get him started, you know, having him start recruiting for us. But uh, like I said, I, I just hope it doesn't turn into a Peterson situation where, you know, Trev doesn't get his first pick, doesn't get his second pick, and then and then he has to end up settling. So I said, I know it's only been a week or two, but I, like I said, I'm just real gun shy of the situation. And uh, hopefully we can uh, end up getting getting whoever Trev wants. But like I said, I, I'm still throwing it out there, man. If, if Trev's doing all this research and, and he can't find the guy, it marks all the boxes, man. You and Mickey, man, take it over, Trev. Just you guys. I mean, you've done all your research. You know who the coaches are out there. Build a staff and let's go with who we got. Because, like I said, if, if we can't get Urban or whoever your number one man is, because we've waited too long and he's gotten picked by some other team, you know, it's it's just going to get everybody all, you know, like where are we going here? So that's it, just like I said, okay. my concern right now. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Appreciate you that. Thank you, Jason. Are you happy? You you've worried the young man with your yelling. I I don't think I'm to, at fault there. Now, Jason, here's the thing. <laughs> but sure, I'll there's an element of this that we have to remember, and that is these coaches. A lot of the coaches, or maybe all of the coaches that Trev's looking at, are employed. The, Jason, they're not they're not going to play ball during the season. I mean, just take Matt Campbell. Right. Or, or Lance Leipold, Lance Leipold or Bill O'Brien at Alabama, they're in the midst of their seasons, especially when you're talking about these head coaches. I mean, they're Matt Campbell is he's not going to entertain a. I mean, he's not going to He's not going to interview. Um, he's not. He's going to leave it probably in the hands of his agents completely. But he's not going to take the job, Jason, until his season's over. Or it's not. At least it's not going to be announced. He's not going to do that. 
It, it would be terrible. It would oh, be a yeah. terrible look for yeah. Matt Campbell if it oh. ever got out that he took the job Absolutely. during the season. Yeah, and that's why someone says there's a, there's a difference between waiting to <clears throat> hire and waiting to announce. Well, sure, but again, I, I don't think – I don't know. I mean, this is – Jason, these guys are working. That's the bottom line. Now, how it all – how it all – plays out behind the scenes it's it's sort of anybody's guess and it's not always the same but the the fact is these guys are working and are going to keep working is it it's I guess it's possible that Trev has some deal in place with somebody it's um, possible yeah Again, I, we don't we have no idea right and this is all has, this and then and then and then it would make this all this conversation we're having these are the three candidates Bruce Feldman yep. says. It makes it all folly. I know. Well, right. Exactly. That's why this is uncomfortable. Right. It, although That's these things are really people uncomfortable. People are on edge. But I would tell yes. you this. I would be floored if Trev has a guy in place right now. Floored. That if he has some agreement, this some secretive agreement with a coach who, who says, okay, I'm yours. Just let me coach through my season. I would be floored by that. Yeah, I'm kind of the same, unless the coach is not coaching right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. If the coach is coaching, I'm with you. If the coach is not coaching right now, then. But if the coach is not coaching right now, why wouldn't you just go ahead and announce it? To give Mickey a chance, maybe? Yeah, that could be. So you don't, like, upset the fans. So you never gave Mickey a fair chance. That could be. Could yeah, be it, simple you got to. You gotta, maybe that's why Urban Meyer poured cold water on the whole what, thing. <laughs> yeah. Take right. that, urban doubters. Or, out there. or Trev. I mean, well, okay. What are we talking about? A report from Pete Thamel on Sunday that said Trev's not in this, or excuse me, that Urban Myers not going to coach this year. Toward, to, totally poured cold water on Urban Meyer. Now that could have been orchestrated. It, it seems like that's what a lot of people think. That's yeah. That's life. <clears throat> and people keep thinking, oh, these guys are have our pipe dreams with Urban Meyer to Nebraska. Hey, listen, it might not happen. We're not doing that again today. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Yeah, we can. We could I'm do it every day. It. It's fun. But, doing it. um, we don't have to get into urban today. Okay, let's get a quick call from Outdoors Kevin. Outdoors Kevin, you're on early break. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Thank you. Uh, can we please just quit talking about uh, Campbell and Leopold? They're an average coach in the Big 12. They wouldn't be – they'd be below average in Big 10. I mean, we want, we need a home, we need a big hit. We need someone that's going to, that knows the Big Ten, that can recruit for the Big Ten and help us win. We don't need to be, just go average. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll hang up and listen. Okay. Thanks, guys. It, it depends on who you can get right now, Outdoors Kevin. How, how interested are people in the job outside of the, the names we've heard? Yeah, we should have. I mean, I wonder who Kevin has in mind that's a home run other than Urban Meyer. Other about, than Urban Meyer. Bill O'Brien, to me, is a home run. He does check the boxes. Okay? That's the one that always comes to mind for me other than Urban. I mean, I, obviously, I have a natural – no, I mean, I'm biased towards Lance Leipold. I'm, there's no I, doubt. I, I love Lance. Lance. Lance is a great football coach, doing a phenomenal work. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely biased toward Lance. There, I have a bias that I need to just save publicly, of course. I've known him for 25 years. And I do think he'd be good here. Um, but I, you know what? It's not my deal. I mean, yeah. I, I, again, we just have fun with it. Well, I mean, you- I, Now, if I wasn't having fun with it – I would. I think I might think differently. If it was my 
job, and my job is frankly on the line, and I'm going to be defined by this decision. I'll tell you what. I'm, I well, if my if it wasn't Urban Meyer, I'm telling you, I would go O'Brien. That's what I'd think because of his experience in the Big Ten. What outdoors? What outdoors? Kevin just said, he's a quarterback guy. You got to get a quarterback. I mean, you have to have a – you can't have you need, an okay quarterback. You need someone that can help with the trenches big time or at uh, least yes. get the guy. I mean, quarterback's one thing. <laughs> no, quarterback get, is the thing. It's big. You know, it's huge, obviously. But Nebraska needs to have somebody that can help get the trenches reestablished. That, you know who that is, maybe. That just – you know who works inside out is Dave Aranda. Well, Dave Aranda would be a great – I love Dave Aranda. Yeah, Aranda uh, I don't know works, if it's likely. I know. That's the thing. If you got Dave Aranda, I'd be I'd – be, Having a parade, or just look for an inside-out coach. I mean, that's yeah. Aranda works inside-out. I mean, his lines are very strong. His line play on both sides is very strong. That, that's somebody when we talk about unity in the fan base. Again, it wouldn't be hundred percent, but I think you'd have a lot of people in support of Dave I do too. Aranda. I do too. Uh, on one last call from Daryl. Daryl, you're on early break. Go ahead. Hey, morning, guys. Hey, Hi, Daryl. Hey, um, you guys yesterday today uh, talking about hiring trying to unify the fan base, this, that, and the other. My approach is what are realistic expectations for the program? Say, you know, I'll just throw it out there, uh, five-year window. Should Nebraska be winning the West two to four times in a five-year window, maybe pulling off a Big Ten, Big Ten championship one or two times out of that five-year window? Look at it from the expectation standpoint and find a coach that fits that. Don't find a coach that says, hey, let's unify the fan base. Let's look at it. What are the expectations? What's Trev's? What's the fan base? You know, approach it that way instead of just saying, oh, we need Urban Meyer or we need this guy or we need that guy. I don't know. Have you guys, what, what's your expectations or what, you know, or what, what are you guys hearing? What are your thoughts? That's where I'm at. Okay, well, here's the problem. Thank you, Daryl. Daryl, is, the, is there going to Daryl, is there going to be a Big Ten West in five years? I mean, that's the that's the thing I I wonder automatically. So it's sort of hard to set expectations when you're not even sure what your conference is going to look like. You, are we going to be? In a, is Nebraska going to be in a pod? You know, and are we going to talking about? Are we going to be talking about that? Are more teams coming to the Big Ten? We, right. we have no idea what it looks like. Five years, five years. I don't. Hey, Daryl, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jake. But in five years, I'll be surprised if it's the Big Ten East and the Big Ten oh, West. Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked. Yeah, come on, it'll be, it'll be some sort of pod, probably. Right. So, so, Daryl, I I appreciate the sentiment, but in a pragmatic sense. What I don't know how how you set expectations when you don't know what your conference is going to look like. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I don't, you have no idea. If the West was as, as it is now for 10 more years, then sure, you can have expectations. But we have no clue. We have no clue. Sean Callahan next in early break in the ticket.